This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. Every year, bills about crime and punishment come before the state legislature. This year, there seems to be a focus on drugs like fentanyl and opioids. Our state has suffered immeasurably from the opiate scourge, from the cartel feeding drugs into West Virginia. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. The House is currently reviewing a bill that aims to ban the state from creating financial ties to certain foreign entities. Jack Walker has more. House Bill 4364 would bar the state from receiving goods or services that benefit China, Cuba, Iran, Laos, North Korea, Saudi Arabia, or Vietnam. The bill states that these nations have values antithetical to the state's own. At House Committee on Government Organization meeting Monday, some delegates expressed concern that the bill would violate constitutional law. Others, like Delegate Chris Pritt, a Republican from Kanaw County, said members of the committee have the authority to interpret whether the bill is constitutional. It's up for us to make determinations and to give our input in terms of what's constitutional and what's not. The bill received approval from committee members and was sent to the House Committee on the Judiciary for further discussion. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Jack Walker in Shepherdstown. Efforts are underway to take cybersecurity education from college to the state's grade schools. Randy Yowie has more. Marshall University is preparing to present a Gen Cyber Learning Opportunity for West Virginia's K-12 teachers. The program will focus on cybersecurity in the classroom, empowering K-12. Organizers want to recruit teachers from the tri-state area who can showcase how they are integrating cybersecurity concepts in the classroom. Marshall is offering a $100 stipend for those who present virtually and $200 stipend for those who present in person. A member of Marshall's Institute for Cybersecurity says he expects that the April conference will provide valuable insights and practical methods for enhancing the computing and cybersecurity education in K-12 grades. For information on registration, go to our website, wvpublic.org. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. On Monday, lawmakers heard from cancer patients, survivors, and advocates during Cancer Action Day at the Capitol. Emily Rice has the story. Advocates asked lawmakers to reduce the burden of cancer on West Virginians by increasing funding for the state's tobacco control program. Doug Hogan is the government relations director for the Cancer Action Network. The main thing with Cancer Action Day is to get our volunteers here at the Capitol so that they can share their stories with their legislators. They're meeting with their delegates, they're meeting with their senators, and they're sharing their stories and why they're so passionate about policies that will help us end cancer as we know it for everyone. Hogan said House Bill 4983 would set aside $5 million in funding dedicated to tobacco prevention and cessation. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Emily Rice in Charleston. The West Virginia House of Delegates is reviewing a bill that would eliminate work permits for 14 and 15-year-olds. Jack Walker has the story. Currently, 14 and 15-year-olds in West Virginia must receive a permit to work in the state. But House Bill 5159 would only require proof of their age in the form of a state-issued age certificate. At a meeting of the House Committee on Government Organization Monday, lawmakers added a clause to the bill that requires parental consent for employment. 
but Delegate Kayla Young, a Democrat from Kanawha County, still foresaw risks in the bill. This is too onerous and repealing laws that I think are good laws to have. So I think there's ways that we can do this that isn't taking a complete axe to it. A majority of committee members voted in favor of the bill, sending it to the House floor with the recommendation that it pass. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Jack Walker in Shepherdstown. Baby dog, Governor Jim Justice's English Bulldog will have ACL surgery later today, according to a press release from the governor's office. The procedure is planned at the Virginia Maryland College of Veterinary Medicine's Veterinary Teaching Hospital. Baby Dog is facing challenges with both of her hind knees. Surgery for the other knee is planned within the next few months. Baby Dog has become a familiar presence in the governor's office and at public events. She became a regular fixture as the mascot for the Do It For Baby Dog campaign to encourage people to get the COVID-19 vaccines. The governor's office said updates on Baby Dog's condition will be provided following the surgery. A bill passed the state Senate that would prohibit anyone smoking in the car with a minor. Brianna Heaney has the story. Lead sponsor of the bill, Tom Takubo, a Republican from Kanawha County and a pulmonologist, says he has received letters in support of the bill. During a Senate floor session, he read excerpts from a letter from a man in Mingo County whose parents smoked in the car with him. He, too, uh, grew up in a car full of that heavy smoke, uh, said it, it made him so short of breath, so constricted that it, it made him cough to the point of vomiting and amongst other things. Um, then went on to say how his brother died of lung cancer, uh, another sister with brain cancer, sister died of emphysema. The bill states that smoking in the car with anyone under the age of 16 would result in a $25 fine. Takubo says the bill will double as a public service announcement to parents to rethink smoking in the car with their children present. However, Mike Azinger, a Republican from Wood County, says this is a violation of parental rights. Parents making this decision over their children um, in their vehicle and this is the state going where it has no business going, so I would urge uh, a no vote. The bill passed with 25 senators voting for the bill and eight voting against it. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Brianna Heaney in Charleston. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 7.50. The National Weather Service has issued winter storm warnings and advisories in the eastern Panhandle and Potomac Highlands through this morning. Flood warnings in areas of Cabell, Kanawha, and Putnam counties through 8 o'clock this morning and in Lincoln County through 11. Breezy today with rain and snow in the east, clearing in the west, high temperatures in the 30s and 40s. Support for WVPB is provided by the Kanawha County Public Library, providing more than books with its new mo bookmobile, now on the road in Kanawha County. Information at kcpls.org.
every year, bills about crime and punishment come before the legislature. Often, they adjust punishment or even establish a new section of the state's criminal code. For the legislature today, Randy Owey spoke with Delegate Sean Fluharty, a Democrat from Ohio County, and Senator Mike Stewart, a Republican from Kanawha County, and a former U.S. attorney to get their take on bills before both chambers. And we're here at our spot in the Capitol Rotunda talking law and order with uh, Senator Mike Stewart and Delegate Sean Fluharty. Gentlemen, thanks for being here today. I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for, for having us. Um, let's start out with uh, one of the things that uh, President Blair began with when we had our uh, little look ahead for the legislature. And he talked about a death penalty for someone convicted of wholesale trafficking of fentanyl. Uh, I'll start with you, Senator. Your thoughts. I don't know if that bill is quite crafted yet or has, has, has seen the light of day, but he's mentioned that proposal once or twice. Listen, I think there's a great appetite for this. Our state has suffered immeasurably from the opiate scourge, from the cartel feeding drugs into West Virginia. You know, I carry that wallet every day filled with the victims of the opiate crisis. Those victims are real. They touch all across West Virginia, but there are two death penalty bills, really, that we're discussing in the Senate. One is with respect to wholesale distribution of fentanyl leading to death. The other is a bill I've introduced and hopefully get debate on, uh, which is the intentional killing of first responders in the line of duty. So I believe there'll be two debates, two discussions on two death penalty bills, both of which I think the people of West Virginia want and deserve. Delegate Fluharty, we haven't had the death penalty here in West Virginia for quite a long while. Your thoughts there? Yeah, well, you know, the supermajority wants to lead us back into the 1800s. This is just another example of uh, how they want to go about it. It's an antiquated view of the world. I get it. It polls well. They think it's great politics. I don't believe it's good policy. This is a personal issue for myself and my family. I actually have had uh, family members who were murdered in cold blood, and when it happened, I'd be the first one in line to tell you we deserve to have, we should have the death penalty. If you put me in a room with them right now, I'd be the only one that comes out. I'll tell you what, it's not good policy. I've been practicing law in this state, including a little bit of criminal defense. We have a flawed system. And the last thing we want on our hands is a state putting somebody to death that may or may not have actually done the crime. There's no guarantee. We cannot have that guarantee for us as a state. We could talk about it all day, drugs coming in, sure. But you can never absolutely guarantee that the person that you are putting to death committed the crime unless we have that guarantee. I can't, I can't support that. I think it's an antiquated view of the world. We can lock these individuals up. We can throw away the key. We can go about our business as a state. But for us to put that, for the state to be putting people to death again and taking us back into these antiquated views, I'm not in support of it. But I can tell you there is a guarantee of this. The first responders in the line of duty, look at Sergeant Corey Maynard, who went down on an ordinary day to Mingo County, was ambushed in the line of duty. He's the father of two beautiful kids, husband, incredible character. Look at Cassie Johnson, patrolman here in, on the streets of Charleston, working an ordinarily, uh, ordinary parking dispute. Deputy Sheriff uh, Baker out of Nicholas County, who was gunned down in the line of duty. Listen, those are just three examples, but we just saw recently in Martinsburg, Abe Bain and, uh, and, patrol, and Trooper Spessert, who were shot in the line of duty, they returned fire. That defendant no longer uh, is going to face trial because he was, he was killed in the line of duty. Uh, but Abe Bain lost his leg, could have lost his life. It's important we take these types of steps to protect first responders, 
all across West Virginia. I think it's a time who's come, and we do have more modern techniques today to make sure innocent folks aren't put down unnecessarily. I mean, the senator makes a good point, but uh, I think that we have... Does he? Pa- well, but let me finish. I think we have penalties that are about as high as you can get without the death penalty for people that commit these kind of crimes, do we not? It's not a deterrent. The idea that these crimes will not take place because now we have death penalty on the books is foolish. Okay, criminals are not looking through state codes before they enact their crimes. But yet we talk about it as if that's the case. It's just not. It's It's bad policy. It's bad policy for a state to put forward antiquated ideas, whether it's the death penalty or the other antiquated bills running through this chamber. It's not antiquated. There are 27 states across this country that use the death penalty both for deterrence and for justice. It's not a deterrent. And there's a word called justice that matters when it comes to protecting our first responders in the line of duty. And what do we say to family after family after family that suffers at the hands of the cartel? Fentanyl that freely flows into West Virginia. There's not a family, street, church, school that hasn't been impacted by this crisis. I think it's important we make a very bold and strong statement all across the country. You want to be a criminal? You want to engage in that conduct? Don't do it in West Virginia. It's great politics, and that's why he supports us so so much right now since he's running for attorney general. I mean, we could have this conversation all day. It's going to be the same, same sound loop. That was Delegate Sean Fluharty and Senator Mike Stewart speaking with Randy Yoey for the legislature today. To hear the rest of that interview, visit our website and tune into the show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. to hear more about what goes on in the legislature. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Jack Walker, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yowie. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.